I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Start a Podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. We accelerate ideas into real companies through the Tacklebox membership, and we think through startup strategy every Wednesday on the Idea to Start Up Podcast. You're here because you're thinking about an idea, or you're ready to launch something, or you already launched something and you're running full steam ahead. We're here to help with the counterintuitive stuff. On to it. Today, we're going to talk about The River. Not the album by Bruce Springsteen, although that is the best album he has ever released, and if you don't agree with that, my DMs are open. Side note, I don't really know what my DMs are open means. I'm not a Twitter guy, and it's very possible they're actually closed, in which case, write me an email. If you don't want to do that, don't worry. My father-in-law is an enormous Bruce fan, and I am sure he'll set me straight. Anyway, The River is a great album, but it has nothing to do with today's podcast. Today's podcast is about complexity really about decreasing complexity, and a mental model we use to do that that we call the river. There's almost nothing more important than decreasing complexity. The majority of the anxiety and stress and ambiguity that entrepreneurs feel all stems from complexity. Reducing complexity lifts the fog, but it's unnatural, so you need mental models and exercises and practices and to be constantly, unendingly vigilant. And even then, complexity creeps in. My favorite speech of all time is David Foster Wallace talking to the graduating class at Kenyon University telling that story about fish. I think I've probably told it on the pod before, but it'll do us both good to hear it again. It goes like this. Two young fish are swimming alone, talking, when an older fish swims by in the other direction. He looks at the two young fish and says, How's the water, boys? As the older fish swims away, one young fish looks at the other and says, What the hell is water? The point of this story isn't that there's an old fish somewhere that has all the answers. It's that startups in life get complex fast, and it often becomes hardest to see the things right in front of your face. A good chunk of people who listen to this podcast are new-ish to entrepreneurship, meaning they're hearing a lot of this for the first time, and that always makes sense to me. But we've also got a big subset of listeners that are already running successful businesses and listen to the foundational stuff we talk about so that they can hear it again in an effort to stay conscious and aware and to step back and see if they're actually applying this stuff to their businesses or not. Your job as an entrepreneur is to edit, to remove complexity constantly, to always be whittling away, Michelangelo pulling David out of the stone. And that takes practice. Anyway, back to complexity. Your startup will succeed or fail based solely on your ability to answer the following question in a way that people can immediately digest, understand, and remember. Who's it for, and what will it help them do? For lots of startups, the question is paralyzing. It forces them to pick something, which means they feel like they're leaving something else out, which is hard and usually just not an option. The river mental model exists to help you clarify what to focus on first, to figure out what actually matters, what you can confidently invest time and resources in without feeling like you've got tons of opportunity cost. The river mental model helps you make really good decisions as to where to focus. It's much easier to explain and apply to your business if you hear examples, so let's jump in. The other day I got a pitch in my email. They were cool with me talking about it on the pod. The subject line said, AI for SMBs to optimize deal flow in Tacklebox with a question mark. I had no clue what any of those words other than Tacklebox meant, and the body of the email didn't help much either. Quote, We use AI to help overworked SMBs optimize their deal flow and maximize profit by identifying and booking the highest quality jobs. Um, Okay. The email continued. 
We've struggled a lot with the early stages and hope Tacklebox might be a fit. Our first customers are plumbers, but we plan to quickly expand. My ears perked up immediately at plumbers. I hadn't worked with anyone building for plumbers before and hadn't heard of any other startup building for plumbers. I love little niches like that, so we scheduled a call. It began with them rattling off what felt like a scripted big intro about how tech and AI had permeated most businesses but hadn't yet cracked a certain type of business. Local plumbers, painters, landscapers, and so on. Sure, I said, but tell me about plumbers. Why plumbers? That is when things got interesting. The founder's older brother's best friend was a plumber, and a conversation at a party had introduced the idea. A couple more conversations had gotten the entrepreneur irrationally excited to pursue it. He told me why. The first problem with plumbers, he said, is that there aren't enough of them, not by a long shot. The National Home Builders Association found a 55% shortage of plumbers available to work, and if you've had a plumbing issue in the past few years, you could probably have predicted that number. Anecdotally, it's just hard to get a plumber. As a result, plumbers are stressed and overworked, and the pressure on them has only increased as more people work from home during and post the pandemic. The trickle of new plumbers doesn't dream of matching the new demand. The next interesting thing about plumbers is how they work, the founder told me. The majority do everything through their phone. Potential customers call or text, which means plumbers are constantly trying to sort through a mountain of requests from new and existing customers. They have no way to organize these messages into new business or urgency or location or predicted margin, so most just default to prioritizing existing customers and then sporadically grabbing whatever inbound message they happen to see first. They're missing business and they know they're missing business, but there's just not much they can do about it, the founder told me. Also, since there's been more business, the bottom line hasn't really suffered. They're just busier. They just work all the time. The founder then told me their plan to fix this. They'd build an app that would reroute and manage all the incoming voicemails and texts and make sense of them. It'd use AI to parse through the text to understand what customers wanted and automatically respond with an intake form with a few questions that would create a sensical customer priority list that batched their days in a smart way making a route based on location, amount of time a job would take, margin expected for the type of job, urgency, and a bunch more fields. The goal was for the plumber to have a full, smart calendar without having to do anything. Sounds like a cute baby, I thought. A wildly complex one. So, I asked, where are you? That is when the founder got stressed. Well, we're trying to raise money to build the thing. So we're trying to figure out the best other industries to launch in so that the market looks bigger for VCs. We're thinking electricians, carpenters, landscapers, painters, maybe a few others. The problems seem kind of similar. I think they'd all benefit from an app like this. But we haven't been able to convince people to sign up. We've tried ads and landing pages and other things and can't really build the product without funding, so we're stuck. That's why he'd reached out. He needed to get traction with an initial customer to get funding to build the app. He was overwhelmed. And now, we're going to talk about the river. Right after, a little smooth jazz. If you've got a startup idea and a full-time job and want to test out the former before you leave the latter, come and work with us. Apply at GetTackleBox.com. Over 400 startups have tested and built ideas through our program, and those businesses are now collectively worth over a billion dollars. Our program helps you prioritize and execute, and our members and me and the team keep you accountable and give you feedback along the way. Come build with us at gettacklebox.com. Back to it. The River Mental model is as simple as it gets. 
I think of your customer as cruising down a river, with the end of that river being whatever their goals are. But along that river are dams, moments where they get stuck. Sometimes they already fight their way through these dams and there's just room for someone to help them do it better. Other times the dam stops them dead in their tracks and they never reach the end of the river. The purpose of the model is to pick the single dam you'll focus on to start. So if we think about our plumber friend, the big goal of the SMBs they're trying to help is a totally optimized customer management system, though the SMBs would never phrase it like that. And by the way, in case you don't know, SMB means small and medium sized business. According to the founder, the plumbers he'd spoken to just wanted to do their work, which means when a customer comes into the top of their funnel, they'd love to get the right information from that customer, vet whether it's a job they want to do and a customer willing to pay what they're worth, and schedule the work for a day and time that makes sense with a list of tools they'd need and anything that needed to be ordered beforehand, ordered. When he spoke with plumbers about this, lots of them joked that they'd just love a secretary, but obviously couldn't afford one. And so that's what our friend was basically building an AI secretary. But the complexity, as you heard, was insane. The first product would break down 30 dams and span the entire length of the river. That never works. The river model exists to force you to think about the dams in sequential order, to identify the problems you'll need to tackle first that unlock the next problem. I started asking this founder about the dams in the river, the initial problems that this customer would encounter first. What does them trying to break through those dams look like now? When does the customer realize the problem and how do they think about solving it? He wasn't sure. The problem, he thought, was time. Conversations with plumbers were like conversations with an accountant during tax season, he said. They had 15 seconds to talk because they needed to be somewhere else doing a job and they weren't sure how long anything would take and they had six more houses that day. So when he asked if they'd use an app to replace their entire customer management system, they all balked. They simply didn't have time to learn something new but he wasn't sure what to do with that. So we dialed in the person who'd inspired the business in the first place, his brother's friend. Luckily, he picked up. We asked if he'd ever tried anything to help organize his customer inflows. No, he replied, though he knew there was software that apparently did it. He'd even Googled and explored it a bit in the past and asked a few of his friends in the industry, but every time it just seemed too daunting. He never had time to overhaul his system. When, we asked, was the last time you considered trying something to solve the problem? He thought for a minute. Always with new customers, he said. They are such a pain in the ass. He continued. First, you usually need to sell them, which takes time, and I just don't really have that time. But if you aren't salesy and nice to them on the phone, they'll write you a bad Google review, which is death. So you kind of pitch them even though you don't really need their business. Then you need so much information from them where they live, the systems they have, the problem, whether they'll pay, what tools you need, what you need to order, and you're trying to figure out if this customer is worth it at the same time, and they never have answers to any of the questions you've got. Then there's a proposal and all this extra work. And sometimes these customers are a nightmare. I can't tell you how many new customers I wish I just hadn't worked with, but I didn't have time to vet them properly and say no. On the spot, the founder jumped. What if the next time you get a new voicemail from a customer, you just text it to me and I handle it all? I'll reach out and I'll ask the pertinent questions. I'll get you the info you need and I'll send you a description of the customer and you can decide if you want to work with them or not. The plumber jumped. Yes, of course, I'll definitely do that. The value was clear. The dam was isolated. It wasn't a fully new system, just a way to deal with new customers in a one-off way. 
It became clear immediately that outsourcing this piece of the business created huge value for the plumber. And once we focused on that dam in the river, messaging to new plumbers became simple and effective. New customers are time consuming. You don't know what they want, how complicated the job will be, and whether they'll be willing to pay what you're worth. We'll vet and manage all your new clients, getting the right ones on your schedule at the right times. Send us your next new client. We'll show you what we can do. This converted. It also allowed plumbers to move down the river. It lets them feel more like a real business with some process. It pulls a huge chunk of anxiety creating people out of their phone. And each time it happens, each time they forward a new customer, they feel relief. And that is a moment that'll spread. Each dam you break down earns trust with your customer. You help them in a small way, they'll give you more leash to help them in a bigger way. From the product side, it gives you freedom from an app that you're not sure will help anyone and the ability to focus on a moment in time that, if you solve it, definitely will. It gives you boundaries. Complexity occurs when you don't have boundaries, but if you're solving for that moment, the moment a new customer texts or sends a voicemail, you can get reps on it. You can learn the nuances. You can treat it like a marketplace. How can you solve it for plumbers, but also for customers? How can you make that first booking experience whatever the customer needs, which is likely a combo of reassurement that their toilet will get fixed and someone cares if that actually happens or not, and capability in that you know exactly what needs to be done and can do it. How can you own that new customer moment? Some founders will think that's too small of a focus. I'd say it might be too big, if anything. Focusing on onboarding new customers for plumbers, painters, construction workers, etc. is probably a $10 billion business in itself, maybe more. Dams high up the river have a ton of value. Focusing on one dam gives clarity to your customers so they can make a decision too. If you say you help people vet new customers and a business only gets a few inquiries a month, it'd be a bad idea for them to work with you and they'll know it. But when they speak with a friend who says it's a pain in the ass vetting all their new customers, they'll know that's what you do and they'll recommend you. Clarity creates word of mouth. Clarity creates growth. The river mental model works well to figure out customers' level of need, too. For our plumber friend, I'm a bit skeptical of the whole business only because it doesn't really seem like plumbers, at least the ones we spoke with, need to get down this river. There's not a ton of urgency coming from their side though I would need way more interactions with the customer to know for sure. But in general, the best customers are the ones that have already committed to the river. They've already jumped in, and you find a dam that they absolutely need to break through. For example, I signed up for the New York City Marathon in November. I'm raising money for a fantastic cause, and I am pot committed. I'm in the river. My first dam showed up this week in the form of Achilles tendonitis, and when I googled it, an app popped up with the messaging, quote, Achilles tendonitis during the first month of marathon training? Don't worry, our program will get you back at it in 10 days. I don't think I've spent $25 faster. The messaging might as well have said, for people who jumped in the river, you just hit a dam. Here's how to fix it to keep on going to the place you've already committed to go. Does your customer have this? Do you know the dams? Last week we talked about an entrepreneur who created a better way for people to learn languages. The river for her customer might be people who are looking to speak a language conversationally when they travel to France in four months. The first dam might actually just be finding a program that understands that and messages to it directly. It might be accountability, in which case finding a group of people with similar goals and timeframes could be the first dam. It might be diagnostic. If people had spoken it in college, let's see what you remember and build a program from there. What's the first dam? How can you understand it and solve it for your customer better than anyone else? 
And how can you ensure your customer is in the river for the long haul before you do? My wife and I had a hospital visit the other day for a check-in on our baby. He's the size of a papaya, and I'm already getting nostalgic for when he was a kumquat. They grow up so fast. It's early, but I can tell he's a goof. I watched on the ultrasound as he turned his legs like he was on a peloton, and the nurse showed us the details of the chambers of his heart while my wife giggled and I desperately tried to take it all in. She took measurements of things and made little noises to herself while writing down things like femur one centimeter, and I frantically tried to calculate in my head if that seemed like a healthy size for a seven ounce baby's femur. A few minutes later, she left, saying she'd give everything to the doctor who'd speak with us shortly. Moments after that, a doctor popped their head in and said the baby looked great and that she'd see us again in a month. Entrepreneurs exist to remove dams, to create space for people to do their magic. For a doctor to be able to get the information she needs to quickly leverage her education and experience and support system to tell us that our baby is okay. For a plumber to keep our homes working, for a weekend runner to train for a marathon, and for someone going to Italy to feel pride and belonging when they speak to someone in a bakery and choppy but comprehensible Italian. It's easy for your startup to get muddled, to forget why you're doing it. The fight against complexity is the fight to find our way back to the problems we're solving, to give people the space to be great, to give you the space to be great, to find the dams people need you to break down and then figure out the best way to do it. The river mental model helps me do that and maybe it'll help you too. It's a papaya, can you believe it? This was the idea to start a podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. If you want to start a business with us, head to gettacklebox.com and apply. If you like the pod, please give us a rating and a review so that other people can find us. On Spotify, you just hit the star thing on the main page. Have a great week.